Okay, well, you guys, you've heard the message uh, right out of God's word, and now I just kind of want to jump into it. The, the title of the series that we're starting is This Changes Everything, and that's kind of where we all are right now. We're, we're in a state of flux where, you know, you're just kind of wondering, like, what all has changed, and, you know, what's tomorrow going to look like? What, what will two weeks look like? What, what will the summer look like? <clears throat> I'm just going to tell you right now that the times that we're in, it's changing everything. But God asks us to do something, and week one here in this series, he asks us to do something that's kind of crazy a little bit, if you think about it. He asks us to boldly stumble into the unknown. I mean, let me say that one more time. God wants us to boldly stumble into the unknown. That just doesn't seem like it goes together, does it? Boldly stumbling. I, I want to take you back to a, a really a precious time. You know, in our personal lives, but also if you've raised children or you've had grandchildren around, then this is definitely something that has, uh, you've been one of those precious moments where you've gotten your video camera out on your phone and you videoed it or you snapped pictures of it. I want you to think about a toddler when a toddler first starts to take steps, right? They first start to stumble in those steps. Then I want you to think about when that toddler goes, hey, I can put a couple of steps together and start running. You just picture that toddler kind of just stumbling their way across the living room floor. And the whole time they're running towards you and you're like, you're going to face plant any minute. Right? Like this is the moment and I don't want to see you face plant. But they've got a big smile on their face and they are boldly stumbling into the future. You guys, do you know that that's what God's asked us to do right now? In the midst of the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty about tomorrow, God's asking us to trust him to boldly stumble into the future. Just like that little child. That's kind of who we are right now. We're stumbling our way through. This is brand new for us. This is our first weekend online. This is your first maybe week where you had to work at home. Um, you know, and there's more of this to come. So what, what does it look like to boldly stumble into the future? Well, I want to take you back to the early church. Okay, the early church in the book of Acts. Um, I just want to kind of replay the story for you. Listen to this. Jesus, okay, he had been put on a cross, put in the grave, and everybody thought it was over. And then three days later, what happens? Rose again from the grave, right? Came alive again. I mean, defeated all the odds. You heard in that scripture that God, he literally ripped him right out of death. The death couldn't even hold him down. You heard David talking in that scripture, right, about like, wow, you know, like death can't hold me down either. God's bigger than death. And they watched, the disciples watched, all of humanity that saw Jesus after he rose again and he walked the earth for 40 days, it talks about in the Bible, that they watched with their own eyes. Here's Jesus who was once dead. He's alive. But then there was a moment in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus and his disciples we're on the Mount of Olives that overlooks Jerusalem to this very day. And on that mount, Jesus starts to ascend back up into the heavens. And the disciples, they watch him go until he's disappearing into the clouds and he's just a little speck. And an angel comes to them and, he, and they said, he said this to the, the disciples, hey guys, what are you guys still doing here? What are you standing here watching for? I'm telling you the same way that you have watched Jesus go, he will come again. And guys, I'm telling you, look, there are a few moments in history that have changed everything. The resurrection of Jesus 
changed everything. We're going to be talking about that this Easter here at New Life Church. And so what I want you to do is I want you to mark on your calendars right now. Mark Easter, okay, coming up in April to be with us here online or in person at New Life Church. Whatever it is, we're going to be with you. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to be talking about how the resurrection changed everything. It changed everything for the disciples. So the angel had to come and say to them, hey, look, this leader of yours, Jesus, he's ascended. Now, what are you going to do about it? And guys, let me just tell you what the disciples did. They got away and they went to a room to pray. And one of the assignments that they realized they need to do is they need to boldly stumble forward and they need to replace one of their disciples, Judas, who was no longer with them. Judas was the disciple who had betrayed Jesus before this and then he killed himself. And they needed to replace him. So they boldly went to prayer and they boldly started seeking God for who was going to be the next one. And they said, look, it's got to be somebody who has walked with Jesus and us the entire time. And they prayed about it. And then they basically, they voted on it, and they found the one that they felt like the Holy Spirit was pointing his finger, and they said, he's going to be the one that's going to take his spot. That was a bold move. I mean, listen, listen, boldly stumbling into the future, they're selecting leaders. Why do you select leaders? You select leaders if you're going to boldly move into the future. Otherwise, you sit around, you grumble, and you fight. Not the disciples. They made a crisp, crisp decision, and they kept moving forward. Then they prayed for 40 days and nights. I mean, listen to that. That's a long, long commitment. Now, now some are saying that maybe with the coronavirus, this thing could last 40 days and even beyond that. What would it be like if in the next 40 days, because of the coronavirus, you spent a little bit more time in prayer? That might change everything. It changed everything for the disciples because here's what happened. These guys, they ran smack into the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, just like Jesus had said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that he was going to fill them with the Holy Spirit so they could be his witness. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that tongues of fire came and it rested upon them. And they all started praising God in a language of which they didn't know. However, very profound, the streets of Jerusalem were full because of a festival. And the disciples were praising God in the languages of the people that were walking the streets until the people one morning said, Who are these people who are drunk? They must be drunk because they're, they're praising God in my language. Who are they? And Peter boldly steps into the unknown and he gets in front of that crowd, guys. And picture this. Peter goes out to preach to thousands and thousands of people. It could have been five, 10,000 people that were gathered while Peter was preaching. But listen to me. He boldly stepped into the unknown. This is, this is why I know he boldly stepped into the unknown. It was only a few days before this that Jesus had hung on a cross. And he was brutally murdered on a cross. Brutally murdered. Now, let's think about it. Your leader, brutally murdered 40, 50 days ago, and now you're standing in front of a crowd of thousands? Who could easily turn on you and put you up on a cross? So what does Peter do? Peter boldly starts to preach. He steps out into the unknown. Peter had not preached a message up until this point. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine your very first sermon standing in front of people? Which, by the way, the number one fear of people is public speaking. So here they are. Public speaking. And Peter, he has to boldly step into the unknown. And he preaches a profound message. 
at the end of the message, which some of the scripture that Pastor Chris read was part of his sermon, telling people who Jesus is, at the end of his sermon, he gave an altar call. He said, who wants to follow Jesus? And church, listen to me. 3,000 people said, I am going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. They raised their hand in the midst of their peers. Like they came forward and they were like, I surrender, right? I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And guys, it was a powerful, powerful moment. And I would just want to say to you, what allowed the disciples to be so bold as they're stumbling into the unknown? What allows them to be so bold? That scripture that we read. It says, it said things like this, that, you know, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by what? By doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him. See, the disciples, they had seen Jesus do powerful things, powerful miracles. They had seen Jesus do wonderful things that just confounded the minds of common man and scientists. They watched Jesus heal people. They watched Jesus raise people from the dead. But then they also watched Jesus himself raise from the dead. And that's why in this passage, David, as they reflect back into the Old Testament, J David's able to say, look, I see that the Lord is always with me, so I won't be shaken. He's right beside me. I won't be shaken. I know he's close to me. David in the Old Testament even says these words that, look, I know that even if I were to die, that God would be with me. How in the world did the disciples in the very first days of the church that you and me are still a part of today, how did they boldly stumble into the unknown? They did it because they were following their master, Jesus. That's how they did it. They just had a, they had a laser focus. So they picked a leader and they went out and they preached the gospel and they kept doing the things that Jesus taught them to. You know what else they did? Acts chapter 2. They met together in large groups, just like you and me are meeting together right now in a large group. Yeah, I get it. Maybe we're not sitting right next to each other. Maybe I can't shake your hand. Will the, will the handshake really ever come back? I'm, I just don't know, right? But we, we can't do that, but a whole different method's happening. We're worshiping with one another live online. That's pretty exciting. This is what the early church did. They, it says that they met in the temple court, but then they also were meeting in homes, just like you are in a home right now. Just like we together, we're in one another's homes right now. It's New Life Church, one church in hundreds of locations from Kearney to Minden, right, to Holdridge, to Ravana, over to North Platte, right, over to Sutherland, out to Ogallala in Hershey. We got people that are meeting with us all over the place, even Atlanta, Nebraska. Come on, Atlanta, Nebraska, right? Meeting in homes, what were they doing? They were fellowshipping with one another. They were breaking bread, having meals with one another. They would take communion together in one another's homes. They were supporting one another. But they were doing this, guys, boldly stumbling. They had never, no one had ever done this before. They had never seen this done before. They were boldly stumbling into the unknown because they were following their master, Jesus. Can I just say this to you today? I want you to boldly stumble into this unknown future that we live in right now. I don't want you to be hesitant about where we're at. I don't want you to second guess where we're at. I don't want you to second guess God right now. 
Like, God, if you were out there, then why is all this happening? Don't second-guess God right now. That's not, this is not the right moment to start second-guessing God. Guys, if the early church would have second-guessed God, it would have all been over for them. We're, we're in an unknown place. We've never been here before. We've never been worshiping online like this. We've never had to deal with a pandemic in our lifetime. Now, some of the generations before us have. They survived it, by the way. Okay? Look, this is a season. We're going to get through it. And I want you to be bold as we stumble and give one another grace because we're not going to get it right every time, right? So we're stumbling into God's preferred future for us. It was God's preferred future that the church would start the way that it did. And it thrived to where you and me are still worshiping Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. And what I want to ask you right now is basically this. I just wrote down, you know, a couple of questions. This changes everything. This changes everything. So how is this season of time going to grow your faith? How are you going to boldly stumble into the unknown and let your faith grow? That's the first question. How, in this season, you need to be thinking, how is my faith going to grow? The second thing is, how in this season am I going to love others more and show compassion to others more? Those two things. How's my faith going to increase? Number one. And then number two, how's my love and compassion for others going to increase? Now, why would I ask you those two questions? Because Jesus said to us these things. He said, look, guys, here's a great command. This is going to be true for all times. It's going to be true on your mountain peak days when everything's going really good. It's going to be true in your valley days when everything's going really bad and it's difficult and it's challenging like a pandemic time frame. Jesus said, these are the two things you got to hang on to. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Guys, these two things are the same things that Jesus wants us to be bold about as we stumble into the future. That's what he wants us to do. So I want you to think, how is my faith going to increase during this time? God wants it to increase, by the way. So I want you to be focused on that. I want you to be thinking about it, right? Pray more. Spend more time in, in, the, in the word. Join one of our life groups. That's going to help your faith increase. Be consistent with us online every single weekend. If you have kids, join your kids and help them navigate through what we promote out on Wednesday nights and what we put out on Sunday mornings. If you have teenagers in your house, do what I did this week, and I joined our youth ministry at their YouTube page. Just search it, New Life Youth, and then subscribe to their YouTube page, and join your teenagers like that. that those are ways that you can see your faith increase. How about love and compassion for one another? Don't just take all your minutes focused on you and your survival. Love your neighbor. Find practical ways to do that. You know what I'm saying? Hey, look, we're not supposed to be in groups of, you know, 10 or more. I guarantee you, your family and your next door neighbor's family can still get together and do some things. Show compassion. Find people that are in their most vulnerable state and, and love on them. Meet their needs. Find out how you can run errands for them. Okay, pray for people. Pray for our leaders. We're going to be doing that before we wrap up today. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our national leaders, state leaders, local leaders. Pray for our school administrators. Right? Pray for your pastors. Guys, we need, we need God's wisdom as well. So look at this time as a moment where you can boldly stumble into the unknown. Okay? Maybe as your family. Maybe you've never done this before. But start doing family devotions. You're with one another. Start getting God's word out and read it and talk about it. Maybe you've never done that before. Just start it. Just 
Just start it. Who cares? You're boldly stumbling. Right? You're just stumbling into the unknown. You know, pray together more often. Maybe you've never done that. Pray before you have a meal. Tuck your kids into bed and pray for them. Husbands and wives, before the day kicks off, grab hands and pray for one another. Okay? Maybe even want to try this. Take communion together in your home. Get some bread. Get some juice. And, you know, go to God's word and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and, and read about where, you know, Paul teaches about this is what I saw Jesus do and partake of communion together. Boldly stumble into the unknown, guys. This is not a time to shrink back. This is a time to move boldly forward. Even if you're stumbling like the little toddler that's trying to learn how to run, it's okay. Just don't stand still. If we stand still, we die. If we go back, we die. So guys, God's got a future for us. It's better than where we're at right now. And I want you to boldly stumble forward. So now what we're going to do is this. We're going to take a couple of minutes. And I want you to contemplate a little bit of what we talked about. How does God want to increase your faith? How does God, you know, want to help your, your love and your compassion for others to grow? And so, look, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a couple of minutes and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I want you to join with me. I want you to bow your head. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to dial in to God and sense what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. And then Pastor Dave's going to come. He's going to get his guitar and uh, his vocal. He's just going to lead us in a song that you're not going to know. This song is titled this, This Changes Everything. I just want you to use that time to focus and to pray and to let the Holy Spirit encourage you in your spirit. How can I increase my faith during this time, God? How can my love and my compassion for others increase? Guys, let's take the next few moments and let's pray. Why don't you pray with me? Father, I just ask you right now, in Jesus' name, that you would meet us here in this place. Well, this weekend we have set it aside to meet with you. And over these last few minutes, God, I, I pray that people have sensed your spirit right in their living room, right in their car, right at their, at their office. I pray that the Holy Spirit has met them right where they are. And if they haven't sensed him yet, they would sense him now in Jesus' name. They would sense his presence among them. And they would be reminded, God, you are a God who still works power and wonder. You're still a God of miracles. You're still a God who raises people from the dead. You're still a God that can give us hope. You're still a God who, like David said in, uh, in Acts chapter 2, uh, somewhere in verse 24 or so, that, God, you're still the God who can, give, who can make my heart glad and full of joy. You can still do that for these folks, God. I pray you would do it in Jesus' name. Speak to them about how you want to increase their faith. Give them great, incredible plans, and may they stick to it challenge them in their spirit right now of how to love others and be compassionate towards others in a time where it seems like everybody on the planet is trying to just take care of self Lord you didn't call us to take care of self you said love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself Lord that's who we want to be at New Life Church for those who call themselves New Lifers and those who have joined with us for the very first time May we be people that love you with everything. And may we be people that love our neighbor as we would love ourselves. In Jesus' name.